This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 59, The Secret Sauce for Personal Fulfillment with Ty Bennett. Welcome back, everyone. Hello, friends. I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and my co-host and the girl who volunteers way too much. Hi, Becky Proudfit. Yellow. Why are you volunteering so much? Why do you overcommit? I actually, here's the thing. I've actually become much better about overcommitting. Now, I was actually thinking about Better about not overcommitting? Not overcommitting. Okay. Um, I have scaled way back on my volunteerism, particularly at my kid's school. But I had a thought this morning as I thought about every time I said yes to volunteering. Um, 90% of the time, I really don't want to. But then every time after I'm done, I'm really glad I did. And so hmm. it hmm. sometimes I have to figure out. Those are mixed feelings. Right? I have to hmm. figure out because I don't think I'm ever going to be comfortable not laying in bed taking a nap because that's what I want to do. That's my life's goal <laughs> it for the next really like seven to ten years because it never happens. But then I think if I had a nap versus what I did today, which by the way was build like essentially scenery for an ancient Egypt festival. Which is going to be amazing and I can't wait to see a picture. I'll totally show you a picture. Duh. If I had laid in bed and watched a movie, I don't think I would be as fulfilled as I am right now. And I did ask you when you walked in the door, I did say like... Oh yeah, that's... I asked how you felt about it and you said, I actually feel really good. Like you were pretty pumped and I think that sometimes when we do creative things, not just volunteering, but when we actually put creative energy into a project or a task... Or our volunteering. Yes. It brings fulfillment. So, so I get it. That's the message for the intro today because sometimes we say no because it's uncomfortable and we think we're overcommitting, but sometimes you have to overcommit yourself or what you think is overcommitting to actually like move forward and do things you didn't think you were capable of. Okay, fine. I know it's a really hard thing and you kind of have to figure out what that means. For I you. really wanted to just give you a hard time about it, but Aww. Well, and that kind of leads into what we're talking about Does today. It? Yeah, because oh. I do not want to waste <laughs> one minute. Because you're going to be very glad you're here because you're going to learn how to have very glad the most beautiful framework for having personal fulfillment. Ty Bennett, who you will be introduced to soon. um, And when we get into the recorded conversation, you'll find out how we are connected to him, how we know him and what, who he even is, right? Like some of you won't know who Ty Bennett is. Shame on you. I'm just kidding. Um, but here's the little heads up. I want to give you the little, um, spoiler alert. There is a moment that happens in this episode that I'm not going to tell you what it is, but when it happens, you will know, oh my gosh, this is a moment. And what you couldn't have seen is like my hands went up to my face. I lost my breath. I probably gasped. I don't know. But I like both of us were just kind of like, oh my gosh, this is really happening. And so it's a moment that we can't wait to share with you. I'm going to also say first person to DM both Becky and I what that moment is and is correct. We're going to send you some BH love, some BH Oh my gosh, I love that. Why are you so inspired? I just like what giving. A fun idea. I just like giving stuff away. It's kind <laughs> my, of my stuff. <laughs> giving giving away Becky's free stuff. I'm really good at it. No, You're I, welcome. You are really good at that. That's a great idea. That's actually a lot of fun. So listen up and listen in. You are gonna love this conversation with Ty. First, let's give you a quick iTunes review that um, that is another one that has been very touching for us. This comes from Mom Wife Teacher. And she said, I listen to podcasts on a regular basis, and this is the first on my list that has given me goosebumps, made me tear up, and made me literally laugh out loud. The honesty, openness, and stories Becky, Becky, and their guests share make me feel like I have known them for years. Full of practical advice on many subjects and touching stories, this is a show that I can't miss. Oh, She's a I wife, a mom, a teacher, and she and is a rock star. kind. Clearly. Very kind. Thank I you so it. much for that mom, wife, teacher. Thank you very much for all of your iTunes reviews. Okay, let's hear a quick word about this week's sponsor. You guys, I pulled the trigger and I got another Betty's. When I saw the new Simple Stripes design they recently launched, I knew that it would look terrific on Cruise Bed. 
He's had the red one for a while now, and I'm pleased to share that there are no signs of wear and tear, and that's after many washings. By the way, yes, you can totally throw this magic in the washer and dryer, and it's a dream. Betty's zip-up bedding is the easiest, most durable, beautifully designed bedding in the world, seriously. The fitted sheet, blanket, and comforter are all sewn together with durable, easy-to-use zippers, and the whole thing fits on a bed like a fitted sheet. Your beds look perfectly put together with a fraction of the effort it takes to make a traditionally made bed, and it's designed to be super easy for kids too. There are a lot of other really cool features that you'll learn about when you visit their website. Be sure to take notice of some of the other things they have too. We're both obsessed with their blankets and they have the prettiest pillows too, and even pajamas. All the goodness can be found at Bettys.com. That's B-E-D-D-Y-S.com. And you know we love hooking you up with savings, so be sure to enter Becky20 at checkout. You're going to save 20% off your purchase, which you can use every single time you shop there. You need some Bettys in your life. Trust us. You guys, welcome back. We are so grateful that you chose to spend some time with us today and... I have to tell you about my love for our guest here. Do it. Now, if you know me, and you all do. We do. This person came on a trip to Disney World with me and my family. What? You went to Disney? That's really... (laughs) Yeah. Like what? But you know, we don't like invite other people into that sacred no. space in our lives. No, I haven't been invited to Disney with you. Well, actually I have. Oops. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> I actually have been invited um, very persistently. I just haven't accepted yeah. the invitation yet. You're going to yes, convince me. Yeah, yeah. But, but somebody this, did get into your Disney inner circle. And this was years ago, yeah. like a long time yeah. ago. So the person I'm about to introduce you to is my dear, dear friend who I love so much, Mr. Ty Bennett. He uh, is the host of the Relevant Leadership Podcast. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's an influencer. He's an all-around stud muffin. And so, Ty, welcome. Thank, Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks intro. for having me. Yeah, I, uh, Can you live up to all of that? I doubt it. <laughs> I really doubt it. But uh, yeah, maybe the best Disney World trip we've had, and it was years ago. Uh, so it's been a fun... If you do it with the brow fits, then yeah, it's going to be the best experience Well, Becky ever. was like, okay, we've got VIP seats for this parade, and we've got uh-huh. this, and <laughs> everywhere we went, it was like walking around. around with Cinderella. I don't so. mess around. <laughs> That's so cool. So you guys were neighbors. Is that how you met? Yeah. Your families yes. were in the same neighborhood. Yep. And yep. luckily for me, my wife is very social. She and Becky hit it off. And Taylor, her husband, is a stud. And yeah, it's been a fun friendship for, what, probably 13 plus yeah. years now? It is. Look at us. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, we love the Bennetts. But what's really impressive about Ty is all that he has done professionally. From the first time we met Ty, and when we first met him, he was um, working for, with New Skin mm-hmm. and had built an amazing um, company, kind of within a company there. And and from there, he just completely took off. But I'm going to let you give us your professional bio because it's very involved and impressive. <laughs> and I just really want to hear it from your mouth. Yeah, let's go. Well, I've always been very entrepreneurial, and uh, even as a kid. And so I went to school to study entrepreneurship. And my brother and I started a business in direct sales as we were going to school. Like um, undergrad? That's when you guys yeah, started that? Okay. Yeah, I was 21 and wow. he was 22. And so we, you know, we had ups and downs of building a business just like everybody does, but it took off fairly quickly uh, by, so Becky, we met when I was probably 26 or so. Mm-hmm. And at that point we had built the business to about 25 million a year in revenue. 26. And, uh, and so, but in the process of doing that, what I found for me was more of a passion was speaking and training. And I did a lot of that for our sales team and a lot of the leadership development. And I just loved it. I felt like it was the perfect combination for me to use my talents, to be passionate about what I did and to actually help people and do something good. And so I transitioned in my career to starting to write books and give speeches. And I have a lot of people have asked me like why I do what I do. And I don't know how to describe it other than it's what I'm supposed to do. It's sure. what you do. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, but you feel that like, you yeah, know, you are sure. supposed to be doing these things. Yeah. So the question, can I ask you a question about that before you carry on your, it, it sounds to me that this wasn't something that as a 16 year old, you were thinking, I am going to be an author, a speaker, 
that a presenter, yeah. right? And so it's so almost like it evolved a little bit while you were evolved. growing your businesses. So I've written four books now. I still don't think of myself as an author because that is not my natural skill set. Okay. It goes hand in hand with speaking, but for me, it's speaking. The the auditory part of it. And so now hosting a podcast and doing a lot like that is just a natural, I feel at home when mm -hmm. I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. It, some people would freak out, but like last week I was in Sydney, Australia speaking to 10,000 people. That is like home. You put me on a stage like that and I feel alive and that might freak other people out. Yeah, but for me, much. it's yes. just like, <laughs> I don't know. That's what I want to do and what I feel like I'm meant to do. Yeah. So the writing piece though, definitely evolved and it's actually become a really cool process because as I develop content, it's writing is such an awesome process to mm. crystallize ideas mm. and to Absolutely. try and find the flow of how to piece things together and how to teach ideas. So that's been cool. I, I never thought of writing a book until, well, what happened really is we, as we built our company, we would bring in different speakers. And so we hired all of these amazing speakers that I looked up to and I would take them to dinner and I'd start picking their brain and asking about it. Cause I was intrigued with the idea of speaking and it just became more and more obvious that keynote speakers also write books and typically give speeches by the same title. Right. And so as I studied the industry, that just became more and more clear. And so I wrote my first book and it's amazing how much that meant, even though, you know, it was just like this little at the time self-published book that we were like, okay, we're going to start to get that out there. But it's evolved from there. Um, I eventually sold my half of the original business to my brother. He's still doing that and doing great. That's cool. And so now I have this weird life where I just write books and give speeches. That's a weird life, huh? <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's really odd when you think about like you're like, what wait a I second, do. this is not how I pictured that a whole like career could be built on that that foundation of but, giving speeches and writing books. Yeah. Don't you feel like that's the best thing though? That's one of the things I like best about Ty is, and in fact, you're talking about writing. I wrote about my writing process last week, mm -hmm. and I think it's so cool that as kind of your life found you in motion, like the truth of what you were supposed to do kind of rose to the surface, right? And I you're like able that. to work through and figure out what you were put here to do and you do it amazingly well. Well, I, I keep trying, right. And you get better at it. One of the things I love about speaking though, is it's, it's such a, it is me on a stage. And if I bomb, that's all on me. Yeah. And if, no if pressure. I do well, it's all on me. Yeah. But like the evolution of that, it, it there's a challenge and I've always been one that I respond really well to challenge. Like if I'm pushed, it, it causes me to step up. I, unbeknownst to me, um, I served a mission for our church. And when I went on a mission, my mom sent an email to my mission president, the guy who was in charge. And she said, he told me this almost two years later. She said, Ty responds to challenge. So if you want the best out of him, challenge him. Wow. Which was such awesome advice because for me, that's what speaking is it's every day it's this it's a different audience it's trying to connect and it's trying to engage and to watch the evolution like i go back nine years ago my first speaker video i've like tried to erase it off the internet <laughs> no, because i am it. so embarrassed by <laughs> i can't believe someone watched that and hired me because it is i mean pitiful in so my opinion so you're saying we should now. link to it in the show notes probably sure <laughs> probably but it's cool that. to see because and the hope honestly is that the demo video that I put out right now, in a couple of years, I'm embarrassed by it. Right. Mm. Right. And so it's just that constant pushing. And there's always so much more you can get. It For me, it's, you know, in humor and storytelling, in movement, in content creation. There's so much challenge to it. It's awesome. There is so much challenge. Hey, um, when your mom reached out to the mission president and told him that, had you known that about yourself before you heard that she had said that to him? You know what I'm asking? So I think I did, but I don't know if I could have clarified it. Could you have articulated it the way that she did no, to that man? Probably not at that point. But then you heard about it a couple of years later? And when she once he said that and he shared the letter with me, I was like, exactly. Totally. Like but that was yes. so clarifying for me to hear because then I just now I look at it and it, interestingly, um 
I went to Portugal on my mission, and so I learned Portuguese. And my mission president would not let us like I do, we never use the word difficult, difícil in mm. Portuguese. He would change it to desafiador, which is challenging. Like mm. he emphasized that word because mm. there is something about the word challenge that pushes you. Like it's a challenge. You're going to step up, and you're going to yeah. you're going to go after it. Where if it's difficult, you're like, oh god, I can't do this, and mm. you just it kind of kills you. So, yeah, that's an interesting question, but I don't know that I could have articulated it the way my mom did, but when I heard it, I was like, oh, perfect, and it gave me clarity about myself. I think what's really cool um, that's part of the power of storytelling, since that's what we're talking about, is that when you do hear someone that loves you and cares about you articulate something and tell you a story about yourself hmm. that you resonate with, it becomes a truth that you didn't even know you had. Yeah. And I love stories from other people. I, Becky, I could tell you things that Becky has said just in our casual conversations together that have helped me to go, Oh my gosh, that is me. That's exactly who I feel like I am. Right. Because she's somebody who knows me so well and loves me and cares about me. And I can say the same about my parents, my yeah. husband, you know, other people that care about me, but I, I love that example of your mom saying that, that to someone, you didn't even totally get that about yourself until you heard about it later. And then you're like, yes, that is how I would say it. Yeah. 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 No, that's cool. I think, you know, we're going to talk about storytelling, but I think to your point, a great storyteller is a great story listener as well. And we, we take in pieces from other people's stories. And like you said, when other people share stories of the observation they have of us, ultimately we're shaping our stories over time. Mm -hmm. And the end result is when you adopt that and you say, okay, that's the most important story that you ever tell is the one you tell yourself. Mm. Absolutely. Because that's what is going to be that inner dialogue that drives you. So now taking that piece from my mom and now making that like challenge, I step up to challenge and it pushes me. That becomes part of who I see myself as and therefore dictates how I act and what I go and do. I love yeah. that you're emphasizing the choice we have in that though, right? When someone totally. tells you something that they observe about you, you have the choice to accept or reject, right? And when you embrace it as part of your truth, it does. It, it totally shapes how you move forward and how you attack things in your life. And I think there's, there's an element of that too where, as you were saying that, I was thinking about stories that people have told me that have kind of been wake-up calls, right? Mm. Like I had a girlfriend in high school tell me that I was self-centered and mm. she was right. Like when she put it in the form of an yeah. experience and a story, okay. I was like, oh, I can't argue that. You know, yeah. like I, that's very true. But I didn't reject it, but I chose to learn from it. Right. Right. Where you could say, okay, that is part of me. And now that I know, I can start to change it. Right. And, and, and that takes time, but you can start to shape that story moving forward. I totally agree with you. Some of my most favorite moments and most refining moments in my entire life are the wake-up call, that moment that you hear something from someone else. doesn't have to be a super close person that right. makes you go, whoa, wait. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> they so, could totally be right uh, <laughs> I got to work on that, but it's true. And I'm not, and I'm not suggesting that we should take this external influence that's just coming at us all the time, but we all have those moments that someone says something, points something out that you, you needed to feel, you needed to feel it so that you could do a little course correction. And I think that's beautiful. And that is, as you say, with a lot of experiences you have in life, that's a great opportunity to feel challenged in a positive way, to feel like, Hey, I want to grow more into the person I want to be. I want to tell a specific story about myself or my life. And so in order to do that, I need to probably adjust my sail a little bit. Yeah. And I think one point around storytelling is, as we're talking about this idea that our story is that stories are always evolving. And so your story isn't finished, right? I look at just the two of you, you guys launched a podcast, what, about a year ago or right. so. And that's part of your story that now people, there are thousands of people who know you and that's part of your story that a year ago, Becky, you, I've known you forever. That wasn't part of who you are. It's yeah. evolving, right? Which is a very positive thing to think about that we can go and create whatever that story looks like and we can change it and we can modify it and we can make it better uh, in whatever that situation is. I love that. I feel like one of the mm -hmm. things that we as a population struggle with is that 
thought that we're always being acted upon, right? You can move into that victim mentality really, really quickly and take the power out of your life Mm -hmm. and just kind of flounder. And I think sometimes we find a lot of comfort in mediocrity because it means we don't have to be confronted with those hard truths and change and evolve, which can be really, I won't say painful, but sometimes painful, but mostly incredibly uncomfortable work, right? But that best kind of discomfort, man, when I'm uncomfortable, we talk about this all the time. Yes. When I'm afraid and uncomfortable, mm-hmm. I know I'm, I know I'm heading down the right path. <laughs> yeah. It's, and I think you start to look for me. I've become very, very clear. So with our kids, I have four kids, and every year as we start school, we choose a theme for the year. And this year, we chose the theme of growth. And for me, I've become very clear that, in my opinion, this life is about growth. That's it. It's about growing, becoming more, and in every area of life so that we're in a position to have a bigger impact in the world. I think the world needs that. And so I've chosen... And maybe it comes from that idea that my mom planted in my head that I, you know, challenge is good, but I've chosen to consciously go, that's the area that I want to live. Um, I was, so I host a podcast too. I interviewed a friend of mine who, his name's Brad Barton, and he is 53 years old. He just set the world record running a mile in four minutes and 19 seconds as a 53 year old, which is insane. Like the fastest mile I ever ran was 449. I felt like I was sprinting my guts out as an 18 year old. I like, I have no idea how you could run (laughs) faster than that. The fastest mile I ever ran was 13 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) But 53 as, years yeah. old too. That's amazing. So at 47, wow. he decided he wanted to start training again. He ran in college, mm. but just, so now he holds like all these world records for all these master levels, oh, you know, my goodness. but as we were talking about it, he said something that I just thought was interesting. He said, Ty, as I'm training and I'm pushing myself, like no one in the world has ever done what he has done because there's an element of living in that fear that is so incredible. Yeah. Mm. Like to be chasing something, to be pushing yourself to limits that no one has ever done that, you know, you're alive. Like that is living. And I I was like, Mm. okay, that like I, you you have to have something you're going after that way. Absolutely. I think the key word in that is he decided, right? Like he decided to go after something knowing it had never been done and really not even knowing if it could be done. Right. And when we go after those things that have never been done before man is there not so much goodness in that trailblazing may the trailblazing is probably for me some of the most gratifying work because I'm not falling short I'm not like overextending I'm really defining my own boundaries I'm defining what I'm capable of and like the sky is the limit it really is such a freeing thing to bust outside of those boxes oh yeah absolutely so we talk a lot about stories as you know because I'm sure Ty listens every week. Oh, I'm sure. Dad I'm your number one fan. Takes copious <laughs> notes every week. Um, I love how you talk about um, influence. And if you follow me on social media, I do a podcast of the week. So if you scroll back a while, um, I featured one of Ty's episodes as a podcast of the week. And I love how you talk about influence because we all know we talk about influencer and it is kind of like a cringy word. I don't, right I don't now. love mm-hmm. it. I'm, I'm trying to grow to like love that word because well, it because does of the feel, context. It does feel cringy and a little like prideful and, and I'm working through my feelings about that. But I love the way that you talk about influence because I think all the things you teach about really have such a bridge between your personal life and personal development and then also business and the way you're showing up professionally. So can you speak to that bridge? Yeah, I, number one, I, I don't think we should be different in our personal life or our professional life. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that living a whole or complete life where you're the, you're the same person in your public, private and secret life. I think that that's hard. We compartmentalize things and we feel justified to treat different people in our life differently. I don't know why we do that necessarily, but we do. And the truth is the principles that I teach. So my life now, I speak about a hundred times a year for corporations and associations. Um, I, I'm mostly in that corporate world, but the principles I teach, I think are just as applicable in my home as a parent. And I think they're just as applicable as I volunteer in church. And as I 
work with neighbors in my community. Like it's just how to win with people and influence. Ultimately, I think any audience I'm in front of and every person that's listening to this, we're all in the people business. That's why we're here. Mm -hmm. We interact with people. We network with people. We engage with people. We teach people. We help people. That is what we do every day. And the basic fundamental principle of influence is that it's not about you. It's about them. Because think about it, for you hosting this podcast, if no one is listening, then this podcast doesn't serve any purpose, right? It, you literally don't exist as an influencer, to use that word, without them. Mm-hmm. So if you're in sales, it's about your prospect. If you're a teacher, it's about your students. If you're a leader, it's about your people. And where we screw it up so often is we make it all about us, right? Mm-hmm. It's me on that stage. It's you hosting this podcast. It's me as the teacher. It's I'm the leader. These are my people. But that's where we get in our own way. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, that's a lesson that has I know I've screwed up multiple times. I could give you very specific experiences where I've been called out on that. Uh, but learning that it changes your approach. It changes how you go about things. It changes the way you communicate. It changes the way that you, uh, look at serving as the way that you lead and looking for opportunities to better the people that are around you. And so for me, that's the basic premise of everything that I try and teach is for leaders to understand that it's about their people And, you know, we'll we'll jump into storytelling in the communication process. How do you make a story about someone else? But that that also comes into every interaction you have. Mm. I'm just in absorption mode. I know. I really am. I'm going to be really personal and tell you why I'm in such deep absorption mode before we continue. And that is because earlier this year, I experienced some pretty heavy anxiety that was really rooted in my, um, my desire to please everyone. Okay. So employees, customers, partners, you know, just everything kind of business related. Right. And so because I was so concerned about how everyone else was perceiving the brand or what they were doing or how they were satisfied or how they were disappointed or whatever, it drove me to a point of madness where I had, you know, this really, really heavy anxiety at which point I and my husband decided together, like, I needed to stop everything for a minute. And by a minute, I mean like the summer, except for podcasting. And our listeners know all about this story and we, and I've shared quite a bit about it. But when you're, when you're talking about how it really is about them and not you, I fully, fully get that. I understand it. I value it. I lived it. And I've also seen the other side of that, Mm. that like when you get so consumed with it being about someone that isn't you and you forget yourself and you lose yourself in the work, that's scary. Yeah. There's, right? No, that's a solid point. And I think we, that shows up in multiple ways, right? It might be people pleasing. It might be just not putting any emphasis into the self care that you need. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting if you go back in kind of the evolution for me, my first book I wrote, um, called the power of influence was based on that principle of how do you place other people's interests first? Mm-hmm. And then I wrote a book called The Power of Storytelling. My most recent book in the leadership space is called Partnership is the New Leadership. And to me, part of that is what you're saying is finding a balance in that because as a leader, you have to have the energy, the the everything that you need to show up the way that you need to for your people. Totally. Um, you have to take care of yourself. And ultimately the partnership works when you're both showing up at your best in your best self, right? If your people are showing up and they're fully committed and they know they can count on you and you can count on them. Um, and so, yeah, I think we can lose ourselves. I don't, when I say that in placing other people's interests first, or it's about them, it's not to be a doormat. It's not to be taken advantage of it's, but finding maybe a better, that phrase of finding that partnership in that where you're both fully committed and supporting each other, but approaching it from the standpoint of how do we win together? Because where it goes wrong is we have leaders, you know, when somebody's just in it for themselves. Oh yeah. Right. You, Absolutely. We have really strong BS meters in our bodies. I think we can just read that with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side, you have somebody maybe like yourself who you're putting everything out there as much as you can and you're not getting it reciprocated the way that you need to. And so you, you can't sustain that forever. Right. And so, yeah, you have to find a balance in that. Yeah. And that's exactly what I know I did wrong is that there was an imbalance and I was, there was no self, real self-care. 
there, you know what I mean? There, like I did little things maybe sporadically, but I think to your point, that's exactly what it needs to look like is that other people can truly come first. As long as you balance that out with the way that you are prioritizing your, I hate to use the word self-care so much, but is there a better way to say it? I I mean, it's really that. I think self-care is a good thing. Um, I think more and more people are starting to understand it. I think we, a lot of us were raised that that's kind of a selfish idea, sure, right? Or, or even weak, right? Mm-hmm. That we seem weak that I need to go do this. Or, and we, I think we all have to find what that is. For me, there's certain things that like self-care wise, for example, I, I'm a member of Massage Envy because they have a location there everywhere in the world. Massage. But like <laughs> after, after I speak, my right shoulder gets really tight. I mm. like hold my shoulder weird for yeah. whatever reason. Like it's just it's your yeah. clicker. Hand yeah, it really tight. is. It's like, I'm hold. I don't know, yeah. but I've even had like chiropractors come and watch me speak and they're like, yeah, you kind of hold your shoulder different. I don't know why. Interesting. But so I get massages virtually every time. Like I'm on the road, I go speak, I get a massage, like set up around that. Good for you. Um, But for me, that's an important, necessary thing, right? Just finding, Mm -hmm. and I don't care what it is. I think we all have to find that. But at the end of the day, if you want to, if you want to show up as your best self, whether it's for your family, in your business, in whatever area in life, you have to show up with energy and enthusiasm and be in a good place to where you can contribute. And that means that you have to figure out what allows you to do that. Mm-hmm. And so like exercise is huge for me, the way that I, those yeah. types of things and everybody's going to be different in what that is. Some people just need to like have shut out the world and have like a bath in their own time or whatever. Yeah. Great. But I think it is important to find what that is for you. Agree. Well, and I think that there is this misunderstanding with self-care. And, and I don't know if it's something being, you know, communicated by the media or, or if we're just kind of all missing the mark a little bit. But there is a total difference between self-care and doing meaningful things that truly fill you up and running away in distraction. That's a good Because point. Yeah. there have been a lot of times where when my kids were younger, I felt like I was always trying to just like escape and be distracted. But then I didn't come home a better version of myself. I didn't come home ready to show up. I, I really just had some time away and came back. Do you know what I mean? Right. But now you've since learned and now I've totally so aware of that, that you've then had experiences the other way around where you would go and you would truly fill your cup in the most meaningful, amazing way. And you've mm-hmm. talked about several of these examples through, you know, the history of our podcast. And it's, it's, it's a game changer, isn't yeah. it? The way you come home, a better wife and oh, mom for sure. and a better human being. And what it does that. is it puts me in a headspace. And as we talk about like, um, kind of chasing, chasing your people or whatever. And, and Becky and I have had these conversations a lot off the air is that I think there's a difference between chasing and molding yourself to what you think people want and, and putting yourself in a place where you can truly tap into your talents and, and what you're feeling pulled to do. There's a difference between innovating to serve the people that, that follow you and, and trying to chase that. Does that make sense what yeah. I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, yes. because you can also get in that place of wanting so badly. It's like when your kids come to you and each asks for six things for dinner you're not going to make them six things for dinner to just like try very hard to like serve all their needs perfectly. But what you're going to do is you're going to like take all the information, use your, your smarter brain and your experience and try to come up with something that's going to in the long run benefit them. Right. And so when we are able to show up as our best self, I think it puts us in that creation place. Like you were talking about an innovation place that helps us to bring actual value instead of just chasing the numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a huge point. I mean, yeah, the I, I to me that delineation that you shared of the difference between escaping and re-energizing yourself, right? Finding what it is that allows you to be in that. And it's true for all of us, I don't regardless of your role, being in a place where you have the energy to create, to think so, to be solution oriented, to be contributing in some way. That takes energy and it it takes 
like mental focus and it's hard to do when you're completely stressed out or you're yeah when you're depleted you're depleted right mm -hmm. you've got to find that well and so because we're talking about influencing and storytelling and how this all connects i love where we're going with this because if you truly want to have a positive impact on fill in the blank could be just the one friend or it could be your family or it could be on social media or it could be in your business or whatever it is then what would you say is are some of the most important things for us to consider as, again, we're kind of laughing about the word influencers, but as influencers, as human beings who want to have a positive influence on other people, what sort of things do we need to be considering? Well, that's a vast question uh, because I think there's lots of things to consider. I think uh, principally, if we are approaching it in terms of how do I contribute? So going back to that principle I shared of it's not about you, it's about them. Uh, as I started transitioning in my career to wanting to write a book, to speaking, I had a chance to meet and get to know a little bit uh, who became an incredible mentor is Stephen Covey, the author of Seven Habits. You lucky, lucky man. Uh, we do love Stephen I wondered Covey. if you had connected yeah, with him. Um, yeah. You know, unfortunately, we lost him about almost six years ago now. Mm -hmm. And uh, but the first time I ever met him was in 2006. He was hosting a political event at his home. And a mutual friend invited me to the event with the purpose of meeting Stephen Covey. And uh, so after I made a large donation, I was invited to go to the <laughs> event. And, and so we went, my wife, Sarah, and I went. We were kind of mingling with some people. And uh, after a few minutes, my friend Kevin, who invited me, he used to work at Franklin Covey, so he mm -hmm. knew Stephen well. He said, Ty, let me introduce you to Stephen. So he walks me over to Stephen Covey. This is one of my heroes, right? Oh, like, totally. I couldn't believe I was meeting Stephen I'm Covey. dying right now for you because and he's one of my heroes as well. Yeah, yeah. I think my parents gave me seven habits when I was 14, there you right? Go. And I, yes. I still have that copy that's just, like, oh. tattered. And so Kevin introduced me to Stephen by saying, Stephen, this is Ty Bennett. Ty's writing a book. Mm. And Stephen was very gracious. He said, thanks for being here. Thank you for your contribution. He said, Ty, what's the title of your book? And I said, it's called The Power of Influence. It's my first book. And he goes, I like that. He goes, can I give you some advice? This is oh, Stephen Covey, oh, right? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, can I write it down? Right. Like, and he said, Ty, make sure you write the book for the reader, not the writer. Hmm. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, you know, a book that's written for the writer, for their own ego, is that, that's just not going to go anywhere. He said, but a book that's written for the reader to teach, to inspire, to really help people, he said, that book will be a home run. And then it's like he got this train of thought going. As you know, time a lot older than you. At that point, he was in his late 60s. I was in my late 20s. He goes, you know, I think we go through life and we think life is about achievement, right? What's the next step? What's the next goal? Yeah. And he said, maybe it's with age. I don't know. He said, but I think at some point we figure out that life is about contribution. It's about how can I give? How can I serve? Mm. So that was my very first conversation with Stephen Covey. I feel like I'm there. You had more I'd conversations. Like... Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I... every one of them oh. were amazing. But to me... He's right. That principle, like, if you want to be an influencer in the world, which hopefully we all do in all whatever of part of the world that is... Whatever yeah. our sphere of influence is, totally. We, the question, honestly, is what are you contributing? Like, how can you contribute? It's not about... What, what's the next goal and how can I achieve? I personally believe that success in all of its forms, whether that's money or titles or whatever, that comes as a result. That is not, mm. when you chase that goal, you're constantly disappointed most of the time because very few people are going to hit all of their goals, right? Um, I, I just recently interviewed Jimmer Fredette, who, you know, if you follow basketball, Jimmer's kind of a big name, uh, but NCAA player of the year, gets drafted 10th in the NBA draft and then fizzles out of the NBA. And he net, since has gone on to play in China, became like a household name in China, makes millions of dollars there. Now he's playing in Greece. Great career. But I asked him like, what happens when the dream changes? Because for him, like you could look at it, he failed. He did not stay in the NBA. Like that was his goal. Yeah. And he goes, I loved it. He goes, Ty, that's just life. Like, that's everybody. We don't all get our goals exactly the way that we see them. We adapt and we change and we go, okay, this is what it is now. 
But if you're coming at it from the standpoint of how do I contribute to these people? Like when I look at my kids, I'm not like, okay, when I'm going to win father of the year, because I'm not, (laughs) but how do I contribute to each one of them individually? Like, what is it that I can do to make their life a little bit better, to give them more confidence, to help them develop this skill or whatever that is. If we approach leadership and social media and all of those things the same way, I think we stand out because of that approach. I think that that's so unique in the world because we're all in it for ourselves. Yeah. Like the whole, like, I mean, you see all the posts that it's like a constant humble brag, but most of it's not. You're like, that's just like a straight out, like, like this because I'm cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm probably guilty of that just like everybody else. But if you approach it from the standpoint of, okay, can I add value in some way? Uh, So like for me, just even talking about social media, I do a video every week that's called a Monday morning mantra. It's a quick one minute video because then I can play it on all different platforms, Instagram included. And it's a quick thought to kick off your week. Here's an idea. I don't make a dime on that. Like I honestly, that is how do I contribute to the world? And I started doing that. I've done that now for six years without missing a Monday. Mm. Uh, I have people who I will run into at conferences that saw me speak like three years ago that will talk about, oh, we use your Monday morning mantra in our meetings every week. Or I have them put up on, like, I will take it and make a quote and put it up on my wall. Like, for me, that's so gratifying to know that that contribution is doing something. And yeah, it probably serves me in business somewhere. Like, those people know who I am and probably pass my name on or whatever. But really, how do you contribute? And the challenge then for each of us is to contribute in greater ways in ways that people are looking for. Uh, I just a couple months ago spoke at an event with Rachel Hollis and she and I were talking. I mean, if you don't know her name, I don't know where the heck Guys, you've been. Everyone knows yeah. who Rachel Hollis yeah, is. So, but you like don't. you really talked to her and girl, wash your face mm-hmm. came out of people asking specific questions and she just paid attention and she answered those questions and wrote a book. Mm. That is literally what she just looked at. Here are the questions I'm getting constantly. How do I serve those people and contribute by answering the questions that are on their mind? And kudos to her. She's killed it. Totally. Uh, But I I think that's what, how we need to approach it. So what would you say to the people who are like, I, I feel you. I want to be a great contributor. I don't know what my gifts are. I'm not totally Mm. sure. I'm very connected with what my contribution is and how it can be used. Mm. What would you say to people who really desire it, but they're just not totally sure? They don't have your mom saying to them, hey, this is your gift. This is your strength. This is where you're super, where you come alive and where you catch fire. How do do you start? That's a great question. Uh, One, I think just asking the people around you. I, I, and those people that care about you, those like ask them like, what, what is it that you see that I bring to the table? What stands out? And, and then part of it's starting to cultivate that, right? I think we're given gifts to develop them. I think that, uh, you know, I, I've always been a fairly natural communicator. That's a gift that I've been given. I've never been, I I don't think I've ever been afraid of an audience in my life. I, Mm. I'm weird. I don't have like that fear that should kick in for some reason. It doesn't with me. That's why it is a gift. Cause that is not. Yeah. And for a lot of people, but the amount of time I have worked on that gift is insane. Crazy. Insane. (laughs) I have probably listened to myself on recordings of Mm giving presentations and speeches. I mean, more than it is healthy. I can guarantee mm. you that, but we're talking tens of thousands of hours without exaggerating. Wow. I record every speech I give now and I go back and listen to it. And I, I coach different speakers and things. And so many of them are like, Oh, it's so painful. I can't do it. And I'm like, that's great. But that's the work of this business, All right. right? That's the watching it and going, you know what? why am I doing that with my hand? That doesn't even like just even the little things. <laughs> why am things, I dropping my right shoulder for Pete's sake? <laughs> like for me, I had people very early on as I was giving presentations, tell me I spoke too fast. Hmm. And I was like, no, I don't. And then I listened to myself and I'm like, am I in a race? Like, what am I doing? Wow. Yeah. Or the first presentation I ever recorded of myself was a 15 minute sales presentation. And I counted, I said, I'm 144 times. Nice. <laughs> That makes me feel good because I have a problem with the word like sometimes. <laughs> we both and I do. listen back 
And you know, we don't really edit that much no. intentionally. No, we but don't. There are some episodes I get nervous and then the likes start to come yeah. out when I start to get uncomfortable. I but like, no, but as you true. become conscious of it, then you have the ability yeah. to start to work on it, yeah. right? Which so, is why that's the work. That's what you're saying, right? You've got just, a, your work and your investment in yourself with developing and strengthening and cultivating some of these gifts is to, you've got to look at, you've got to watch the tape back, right? For lack The of more I've been around successful people, I love hearing the phrase, they're just a natural. I love it. Mm-hmm. And here's why, because I watch them and as you yeah. get to know them, I know how much work it takes to be a natural yeah. at anything. I don't care it what it is. It takes a lot of work it to takes be effortless. So much for sure. work for totally. it to look like it's so effortless. Yeah. Like so to your like you memorize something to the point that you can share it because it's part of you. I like to kind of differentiate. I don't think you memorize a speech. I think you internalize it. And there's a difference between the two. Memorizing takes a small amount of work. Internalizing takes a great amount of work because then it becomes real and natural and you can share it authentically and focus on the person who you're in front of. That that just takes work. So I think back to your question, we went off on a tangent. Oh, we but, can go on all the tangents. Uh, <laughs> but you asked like, how do you find those talents? Some of it's just in the process of discovery. Yeah. And I didn't know I would be any good at writing. And maybe I'm still not, I don't know. But I didn't know I would enjoy it until I said, to be a speaker, you kind of have to write a book. So it was a necessary evil to me. Mm-hmm. And then I had to push it and do it. And now I enjoy the process. Not the whole process. I, let's be <laughs> honest. I don't fully enjoy the whole process. I enjoy the outcome. I enjoy the creation. Mm-hmm. I enjoy being able to take something that is intangible and make it tangible. Totally. Yeah, totally. And I share, I share that love, um, that you have also any major project I've done, any book I've published or course I've created and published or anything like that is such a labor of love and it is so hard and it is so much work, but to curate it and bring it together and package things in a way that didn't exist before is some of the most gratifying, satisfying, amazing work. So I have this fundamental belief and maybe you'll agree, maybe you won't, but I feel like I've identified what I would call the core four of four things that they actually bring us joy. Like when we're, and and I think we're supposed to spend our time here. Mm -hmm. So the first area is in creation, right? When you're putting full effort to create something like uh, it could be a builder, it could be writing a book, could be whatever. It could be as a chef, you create something. There is a satisfaction in that that is unique. It is just different. The second is in connecting. I think we are, I've mentioned this before, we're in the people business. And I think that we are meant to connect in on deeper levels with each other and have real conversations. And honestly, that's what I love about hosting a podcast more than anything in the whole world. Yeah. I, I have thrashing amens over here. Yeah. That's, isn't that part oh, of the so cool. joy? Yes. yes. I have yes. some really good friends. Um, unfortunately my friend Dan recently passed away from cancer, but I sat down three months before he passed away with he and his wife and recorded a podcast. And when I left that, I went, I could do the podcast for the next 10 years mm-hmm. and it's worth it because of that conversation mm-hmm. because it's, it's, there's a connection there that's just real and it's different. Third, I think we're supposed to contribute. When you serve, when you like go outside of yourself and you're really giving, there's immense satisfaction. And fourth, and I don't know if most people think about this, is I think we are meant to coach, to teach, to help, like to be in a position where we can hear and give advice and help people through it. That could be with your kids. It could be with whatever. But I think when we spend our time in those four areas, that's where we get the biggest satisfaction, the biggest bang for our buck. Like that's where, like think of anything great that you do. And I, I promise you it comes back to those four things. So I don't know, maybe I'll write so, a book on that at one point, but I think I there's, would totally read it. I think there's elements of those things that we should each find how we can live in those spaces and use our talents for those specific purposes. I love that because that applies to any single human being on the earth. Those are not business principles. Those are life principles. And like you said, you avoid um, having that work-life imbalance when you marry the two. When, When you're representing yourself authentically in your life and in your work, 
Um, and that might be your profession or not be your profession, but when you're representing yourself authentically in everything that you do, um, it's one step closer to being that whole. And I'll add an element to that for me. Um, where that comes from for me when I look at those four things is that's the way for me, this is my personal belief. That's how Christ lived his life. Mm. And for me, he's that role model, right? He was a creator. He was a connector. He was a contributor. He was a coach. And I, I think there's value in that example of how we're supposed to live our life. If you don't write this book and get it done in the next 365 days, I will not invite you back on this podcast. Oh, God. I've got two books currently in the works, like and literally like half written. And it's not that, but guys, I, but we're going to do it. I've been, I've been quiet for a minute and I'm feeling a whole lot of feels because the truth in what you're saying is very solid. It is solid. Okay, truth. Well, let's three write that book. Because, don't stop no, it. No, no, don't you mad. No, I am very serious because I know on my own, I will not do it. We in the time, in, a, in a short time frame, we accept because... and it's recorded. <laughs> There's my face and my hands right now. Let's seal the deal with a trip to Hawaii, and <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Let's go for seven days and bust <sighs> this out. You guys, stop! This is too much. You can't do that. You can't do that because I will get very overwhelmed very quickly. And this is very recorded, and there's a whole lot of listening. Ty knows right now. I'm not a weeper. This one's a weeper. Her <laughs> feelings How come right I... out her eyeballs. Hold on. How often, you don't cry often, how often do I cry on the podcast, though? Rarely. Ty Bennett. You, like, Here's the thing. I'm the first. You're not even you me told me to before we recorded. I'm the first guy you've ever had on. Maybe it's a Solo. bad combo. I don't know. <laughs> a little shout out to Chris, who was the first guy, but he came with Britt, his wife. But Ty is our first solo guy. And, like, I mean, I knew you were cool, but good night. Like, there's so much truth. And we what haven't even saying. talked about storytelling yet. Yes, we have. You know what? Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? It's this been is intertwined the, this in everything that we've been talking part, about. I think of how we do the podcast is you prepare what you think is going to happen. And then through the conversation, something even better happens. Yeah, no, it's, it's even better. And I just need to hit stop right now so that we can like have a good cry and then write the dang book. Like that's all. That's it. That's what just needs I'm to in. happen. Right I'm now. total. I'm being very serious. Oh my gosh. He's like me Beck. when he says he's serious. He's legit. For you don't real know deals. me yet. I, I I could be very very scary to work with. Perfect. JK. I'm really <laughs> amazing really to work with. <laughs> you seem really hard to get along with so far. Yeah. But. She's a real pill. Let Here's me tell the thing, you. though. Here's the thing, and oh, there's so much truth in this. I the the power that comes from those four things that you talked about, and I'm going to say this without like losing it completely is part of the power that I've experienced even just from starting this podcast. And I've done, I've, my career spans 23 years, this business for 10. But the last year, just with podcast alone, you talk about those four things specifically. Mm-hmm. And I think about connection mostly because there's a type of connection that's happened through this type of work that I haven't experienced mm-hmm. at this level until this work with this girl right? Don't you lose it. I'm trying to make her cry. Do you see what I'm trying to do? (laughs) No, but I, you know, I mean that, like, you know, I mean that. And so that's why I think I feel so, so strongly. And just as you were saying, Becky, that those four principles are so applicable to every single person. And you could be a totally in a totally different part of the world and business career work could be absolutely not even a part of your life. You could not have children. You could be living. It doesn't matter what your life story is or what your situation is. We all do have that option, that opportunity to live the story we want to tell. And those four principles are exactly how you do it. That's it. So as you're saying that, I just was thinking about the, the application of those principles and, and even just like, if you want to create better connection, just think about using those as a question, right? If you're in talking to people, what are you creating right now? That is an awesome, mm-hmm. that's a fascinating conversation. Yeah. Like, what are you actually creating? Who have you connected with recently? Like, when have you, wh- tell me what you've been doing to contribute to your family, to your society, like whoever, right? And from a coaching standpoint, like, who are you coaching 
And we all do that in varying ways. Like it may just be your best friend and you're coaching them through a tough situation. Totally. Like, but that's, those are roles that we need to spend time in. This was, yeah. So, so you're encouraging us to ask ourselves those questions. That's what you're saying. And ask others. I think it'd be a fascinating conversation both ways. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like we really need to wrap up noodling on those I'm noodling back. four principles. I got a lot of noodles in my head right now. It's, <laughs> she's just a it's bowl beautiful. of spaghetti. <laughs> I'm a big bowl of spaghetti. Oh my gosh. Those are amazing. So Honestly, those are also a recipe I feel like for if you're feeling stuck, right? Mm-hmm. We all go through those times of feeling stuck. Did you guys hear that? Say that again. If you're feeling stuck. Thank you. Look back on those four principles. Ask yourself those questions. The truth is going to rise to the surface as it always does. Did you get to ask Ty your qu- all your questions? Are we really no. wrapping up? Um, <laughs> we have to wrap up, but no. I, know. I mean, we I mean, I'm just going to make a bold statement. We oh, have gosh. not had one repeat guest yet. Oh. Ty, you're a repeat. You're going to be our first Duh. repeat. Well, I have to write this book, so that's why. Yeah. I, Even that's we, why. We, yeah, that's why I was like, committed. let's do it together. You guys, yeah, write, together. Right? That's when we. That's our reward for um, yeah. finishing the book is that finishing he's back okay. on the show and I'm yeah. in. Yes, Ty, you're going to be our first repeat guest because oh you are just amazing. It has been such a joy to watch you, just in your evolution and what you bring to the world and what you help other people bring to the world, um, in their personal lives, professionally, the marrying of the two, and in all the ways. We love you so much. Thanks for doing what you do, for bringing yourself, for bringing your talents, for moving forward and being a great example. And I will add to that that um, without hmm, sounding cheesy, please don't take this as cheesy or cliche in any way, but I believe that that part of Stephen Covey's legacy is in you. And I really, really feel Ooh, that. I just that, got goosebumps. That, well, that we just, just met. Added, Let me be clear. just added weight on my shoulders. All yeah. right. No, I, take it. Let the weight just like weigh you way down. I, I really, I really mean that. And he is one of my heroes because of the principles that I learned from Seven mm-hmm. Habits. I yeah. never met him. I never no, sat at his incredible. feet. I never shook his hand, but he's incredible. And I said to Becky and Taylor, what, yesterday or the day before, I said, now I'm looking into this guy and I really feel like he's like Stephen Covey. Oh, that's nice. And, wow. and, I, and that, was with, that was not them yes. saying to me, you should know that he's really on this path. Yeah. I didn't well, know that's... that. One, probably exaggerated. Two, very nice of you. <laughs> Not um, exaggerated. Three, Don't so downplay I'll, my No, compliment. but I'll be real about it. Yeah. When I start, so, you know, we had built a, a successful business. I could have just been great and semi-retired and that yeah. was fun. Um, but I, this was a path I want to pursue. And as I was looking at it, if I'm being real about it, when people like, what do you want to do with this? Mm-hmm. I looked at Stephen Covey and John Maxwell, and I mean, most of those iconic people we've lost Mm -hmm. in recent years, Yeah. right? I mean, some of the, those, you know, Zig Ziglar passed away a couple of years ago. And I mean, you've lost some of those, the original thought leaders, right? Yeah. Uh, And so I, I don't know that I fill any of their shoes at all, but that's, I think the world needs it. I think the world is looking for that next evolution of those people who are going to put that thought out there. And, you know, you have like a Rachel Hollis who's mm-hmm. going to step up and do some of that. Mm-hmm. And she's going to bra- blaze a trail that's never been done because we never had a woman do that in that, like that, that. like that, right. Like the way that she's and doing so, it. And so, yeah, I think the world needs good people who are going to go out there and, and live in their purpose mm-hmm. to contribute to the world. That's, Yep. That's what I hope to do. And on whatever scale that is, then, you know, we'll go do it. We, I speak for, for Becky on this as well, I know. But we totally agree that that is what the world needs. I, I just want to tell you something I know you know, but you said it, so I got to, like, set you straight on it. Your job isn't to fill their shoes. Yeah. yeah I, but I know you know that. That's why I'm saying it that way, because I know that you understand that none of our job is to fill anyone's shoes. We are our own trailblazers, every single one of us. We all get to blaze our own trail. And some of us are going to stand out as leaders and some of us are going to be more in the following department, but we're all influencers. We all get to have a positive impact within our own spheres of influence. And that's why we need good people who set the path. Because I agree with you, Jesus Christ is the ultimate example in all things good and light, right? 
but because we are all on the earth and we're here and we're human together and we get to share this experience, we need some of us, right? Some people on this earth to really step up and, and do that and to fulfill that purpose. I agree with that. And I think it needs to be said just as I was listening to that, that for me, uh, the ultimate influence I feel like I will ever have will be in my home with my kids. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so easy to lose track of that. You know, like for me yeah. to go stand on a stage in front of thousands of people feels really cool. Mm-hmm. But it honestly doesn't feel better than this morning when I went on a run with my son and we could talk about important things like that. Yeah. That's the more important part of it. And and I think to your very first question that we started talking about being that person in every area of your life. Mm -hmm. I think that's where we make the biggest impact because the world sees that too. Uh, you know, and I consciously, when I give speeches, I talk about my wife, I talk about my kids, I talk about my faith because I want to bring that whole self to the table because I don't think we do it justice to just talk about you know, mm-hmm. the power of storytelling yeah. or this specific idea, um, because all of those pieces shape me. And that's what I'm trying to bring to the world. Uh, the same way that you guys do, I, as I listen to your podcast, one, I love the fact that, I mean, I've known you for years, Becky, and you just have a fun, like personality, the way you play off of each other and genuinely just talk through these ideas and share what's worked and what you're very authentic. You're very vulnerable with it, but that's why it's resonated so well. And that's why I think people love it is because you bring who you are to the table and you're comfortable in your own skin and people can connect with that. Thanks. I have a good wrap up. Are you ready? Oh girl, bring it. Now that he's, <laughs> I've got. It. I wish you could see the way she just threw her just head, my her hair. hair back. Okay, yeah. So, as kind of tying a bow on it, yes, from start to finish here, it's about becoming the best version of who you are, being open to the evolution, so that you can show up as yourself in your spheres of influence, leading where you need to lead, learning where you need to learn, and just being present and balanced and whole, right? It's not about filling someone else's shoes. It's about bringing your own pair of shoes to the closet. Totally. You ready for my final question? I'm so ready. I want to know if you were a pair of shoes, what pair of shoes would you be? (laughs) Oh, I think I know Ty's answer, but go ahead. Really? I'm curious to, yeah, I don't think I know my answer. So I'm curious what you think my answer is. That if Ty was a pair of shoes, I think he would be a really fun, hard to get pair of Asics. Mm. Why do you say that? Because you really love ASICs and you always have really fun. Okay, so backstory to that, I have a really good friend who was the outside sales rep for ASICs for yep. years. So I, re- <laughs> so I wore ASICs forever. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. He's no longer with them. So now I'm open. Mm. I can wear Ooh. any brand that I want. So it could be, I'm wearing Nikes currently, which what? if he's listening to this, he's very mad at me because Nike is like <laughs> right? a four-letter word. But uh, wow, interesting question. Um yeah, bet. I well, I know my answer because I was thinking of the question. Okay, what's your answer? That, that's so, if fair. I was yeah. a pair of shoes, yeah, I would absolutely be a pair of slip-on Vans, uh-huh. probably in a colorful rainbow type variety, that's comfortable, really and functional, uh-huh. and just a little bit uh-huh. comfortable being different mm-hmm. and matching or not matching and whatever. I love it, Beck. Well, I'm gonna need you to choose. For me, I just have to choose everybody's shoes. Yes, you're, that's okay. pretty much kind what of I'm the saying. Personal right. shopper of you know, this I'm question. not a shoe person, yeah. so I am I, the consumer of the bench. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. so okay, what would my shoes be. I think Becky's shoes would be. They'd have to be comfortable no matter what. I was just gonna say, like, I have a pair of shoes in my in my mind that she owns that she loves dearly, hmm. and it's a pair of functional mm-hmm. but attractive like fashion Croc brand, but like sandals. Hmm. That are really delightful and okay. functional and comfortable and really just allow her to get the work done. So you're saying that I'm delightful and comfortable. You're delightful and comfortable and functional and, and not afraid. And, you get the job and you're not going to follow a trend. Job. You are not no, going to follow anyone follow a trend. down a trend yeah. because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're just not going to do that. Mm-hmm. You're not going to, you're not going to choose the trend over the ability to like move oh, girl, forward. It's like, you know me well done. See, I knew you'd answer that question, that silly made-up question, way better than I would answer for myself. Well, I kind of feel like we need to end on a light note because that was a lot oh, of information. I know my head you hurts guys have from so feeling many, like 
Yeah, you have so many amazing takeaways. Mm. And this is probably going to be one you're going to need to listen to, myself included, two or three times. I will be Take listening those little notes, a lot. Right? And yes. figure out what this means in your life and wow. ways you can implement it. I can tell you right now that this means a whole lot to me. Thank Aww. you so, so much, Ty. Thank you for being here. And friends, thank you for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things that you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write those promptings down that you feel, and most importantly, act on them. We love you, we're cheering you on, and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Like, I remember listening back to the first episode thinking, I'm going to hate this so much. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're so good. And now I listen back and I'm like, oh. Here's the thing, though. Here, I differ a little bit. You know, you're like trying so hard to like remove it from the internet, the first speech that you gave that's on there and out there. It's and good whatever. to be out there. Like, I love those first. The first it, it is are. It's a solid B minus. And you know what? It got us moving so Or C plus. I mean, but or there, D minus. There's something good about I actually listened today, too, to. Uh, do you know there's a comedian that's just that. killing it right now named Sebastian Mace? He's got a weird Italian last name, but mm-hmm. he just sold out Madison Square Garden four nights in a row. Like, first oh, guy to ever do that, right? Yeah. But four years ago, he was on Fallon and he came out to do his set yep. and he went blank in the middle of it for like 15 seconds and then they edited it out because right? he found yeah. his, And of course so did. then he it's came television. back on Fallon just recently. And he was like, Jimmy, do you remember when I was here four years ago, you edited it out? He goes, I want you to play the non-edited version. And they played this like, did. it is. I so, need to find this. That's I awesome. want so, to watch this. Um, I, I didn't watch it, but I um, I just listened to, he just was just interviewed by Ed Milet and on his show. And they, so they played like the clip of him and yeah. you hear just this like pause and he's like, so my dad. Uh, like he was lost, right? And then they just laugh about it. But I was like, how cool is that that he went back so and he's awesome. like, yeah, I bombed, you know? Like yeah. this is what it was. Well, what's so great about it is like we can't be who we are unless we have those moments. We have to have the first time. We have to have the microphones backwards on the first episode of the podcast. 